takes a little while to get this stream rolling, get the show on the road. Bring that music down so we can uh, can get the get the show on the road, man. Get the show on the road. Do a little minor modifications. Come, you guys. Some of you guys were here last night. Um, last night we tried something a little bit new. Um, Mako and I got together. M was here too. But we tried a, a new segment called Cyber Day Night Live. Um, and that's really, that's really talking about the same stuff we're talking about here. Um, well, not actually, I take that back. It's not talking about news. It's talking about technology. So last night we looked into smart switches, smart bulbs, and smart plugs, and where you'd use each and, and kind of the rundown of the cost of them. I'll, I'll see if Mako can put the link up there to this later for you guys if you're watching the recording. But we went through, we ran through them, we looked at things like this, this little, little smart switch. Um, amazing what you can do with these things and how you can tie them into your your whole environment to provide a more secure um, and secure world, I guess. Turn lights on and off, turn cameras on and off, turn different things, even music or, or like Mako said last night, your uh, phone charger on and off. Make sure you're you know, you're covered. So we talk about that, that diversity of defense, defense in depth, and the physical things we were doing um, to, to, to stretch our security boundaries, right? Um, if we look at NIST, I know a lot of people have heartburn one way or another over NIST. Um, 853 is a great set of controls. It covers administrative security, it covers physical security, and of course, it covers cybersecurity. And we want to cover all three of those domains when we're building things out. Um, so really, we're talking some of the stuff we're putting on the network is for physical security, the lights, the cameras, um, some of the things like that. So that's why we talked. We were talking about the switches and the plugs and the bulbs uh, and which where you'd use each of them. Cody, Cody, good morning. Uh, Nice to see you again. Uh, always good to see you. Glad you're making, you're making it more often now, and that's awesome. Um, love to see that. Love to see that. Uh, quite a bit of stuff going on in the news. I cut it down to four or five. I forget what how many articles I got this morning. Um, but there's, there's a ton of stuff going on. Lots of ransomware. Lots of ransomware going on. Good morning, Alex. Good, good to see you. I can put this back in the right place now um yeah there's a lot going on so and then tonight we will be throwing uh mako in front of the camera again and he's going to talk about cpus so if you're new to computing new to the it or you have friends that are trying to get into the field tonight uh, i think we're targeting about seven o'clock we're going to go live and mako is going to talk about AMD versus Intel and ARM and C risk and risk processors. What's the benefit to each one? We'll pull some of them out. We'll have you look at a, one or two different ones. We'll see what they are, what they're all about, and uh, check things out. Checking, checking things out. So, um, I guess you're here for the news. Let's get on. Let's get on with the news. There's a, a bit to talk about. I'm going to get some stuff. Housekeeping taken care of on my screens here. 
yeah, let's let's jump in and talk about uh, today's news as we see it. If I can find my mouse, there, there it is. There it has gone. was a good nice calming guitar melody on a Tuesday morning you know they say about a Tuesday the best thing about a Tuesday is it's not Monday um, <laughs> so who knows uh, you know every day treat every day every day every morning is a Monday every evening is a Friday good way to live life um, lots to do lots to take care of in your world um, Empire market. So Empire Market's in the news. It's part of your general bag of rapscallions in the the, the dark net. Um, so dark web Empire Market still down after three days. Um, Security Affairs has this article on their site talking about, is this a distributed denial of service attack or is it an exit scam? Um, so dark, the, the dark web marketplace, Empire Market, has been down for at least three days. Two of the possible reasons, an exit scam or a prolonged DDoS attack, uh, distributed denial of service. So it's been down for at least 60 hours. Hasn't been down this long since 2019. So it has, there is precedence for it being down this long in the past. Um, they're still trying to figure out, do they take the money and run? Or... Is it just a denial of service? So um, the story goes on to say Empire Market features multiple categories of illicit goods, such as illegal drugs, counterfeit items, um, malware, credit card numbers, stuff like that. Um, allows users to pay Bitcoin, uh, Monero, or Litecoin to pay for their illicit stuff. Um, you know, since 23 August, Numerous threads related to the Empire Market outage were posted on the Reddit forum r slash darknet. Um, and on the deep discussion forum dread. Uh, trying to figure out what is going on with these guys. What What is it up with them? Uh, a user on a Twitter claims operator... Uh, <laughs> a user on Twitter... Uh, punctuation is good. <laughs> a user on Twitter claims the operator of the Empire Market have already transfers tens of millions of dollars in bitcoins to an offline wallet in the last few days. So again, things that are indicating maybe this is them jumping out, taking their money and running, um, probably taking money they shouldn't be taking. Well, I mean, in general, they're taking money they shouldn't be taking, but um, leaving, closing down and, and taking their money and running. Many users believe the marketplace was down due to exit scams. This means that all the funds managed by the platform will disappear and the, op and the operators will shut down the business. Uh, and there's a bunch of tweets in the article talking about, you know, did, did they take it? Um, are the moderators taking the money and running? Uh, good, good questions, right? So we know, and, and this is tied into a bunch of, a bunch of stuff. So the dark, dark net, definitely not a place you want to hang out, not a place you want to go, but we do need to know it's out there. We need to know what's going on with the darknet, what it's all about. And this is really where people are selling stuff they shouldn't sell. It's just like a physical black market. It's just an online black market. So 
Um, they're managing all this money for these trades that are going on, and it looks like maybe there's a lot of indicators that these operators of this channel just decided there's enough money in the coffers. Let's just shut things down and, and get out of here. Like pop smoke, like we say in the army. Just pop smoke and get out of here. Um, that looks like maybe that's what they've, they've done. We can't say that because back in 2019, just, just way back last year, seems like so long ago, but people didn't wear masks and stuff like that. Um, they had another DOS attack. They had a DDoS attack that took them offline for a while. Um, but it looks like, you know, there's a bunch of tweets, transfer millions of dollars to Bitcoin to an offline wallets in the last few days, looking like they're making the move. They pre-staged it, they move money out, and then they pulled the plug on everything and just let it, let it die. Um, do I know that's true? Of course, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, does it make sense? It, it may, either one makes sense. Uh, DDoS makes sense. I don't know. Um, maybe another market would be after them. You know, there's competing dark markets for, for goods and services. Maybe another one is DOSing them, trying to trying to keep them from making their uh, their profit, right? Cody, uh, what you got to say? Possibly shut down by government agency or possible exit scam, like you said. Like a Ponzi scheme, yeah, taking all that money and getting out of town. Yeah, you're right. Uh, another good point. Yeah, maybe the government has has got a hold of these. And we know in the past the government, especially the FBI, has been able to infiltrate some of these these darknet operators. And to some points, even at one point, an FBI agent was operating one of these darknet uh, organizations. Crazy. Um, before he, before they, I should say, won't say he he or she. Um, was able to get enough information to get a bunch of people arrested. So yeah, Cody, uh, good. Possibly shut down by the government. Could could be. Government could have infiltrated, and, and maybe that's why you're not hearing anything because they're doing the roundup of folks and and all all that jazz. Great point. Great point. Could be government. Could be a DDoS. Could be they took the money and run. Um, the 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 thing, big indicator for me is moving all that money into a wallet. Moving there. Moving the money into offline wallets, moving money out before this happened. Just could be coincidence. Um, could be maybe, you know, if if the operators felt the government, you know, felt, you know, they, they, you know, and you watch these cops and robbers movies, you watch these, these movies, you see the bad guy gets a bad feeling before the uh, raid happens. Maybe that's what happened. They got a bad feeling before the raid happened. They started moving money out just in case of, of a seizure or anything like that. So um, maybe that's why they moved it. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to say now. We do know that um, one of the things we know these. It's a a dark market. Um, it is down. You know, there's uh, obviously there's other places people can go, but this was this was a pretty big one. Um, tens of millions of dollars in Bitcoin. Um, wow. Um, just just disappeared, and they they could be gone. Um, Darkfall had a, has a tweet out. Empire Market remains under a large DDoS attack, making it very slow to access. Uh, Monero functionality appears to be broken. Bitcoin is functioning according to multiple trusted sources. Always PGP and verify URL. Many phishing links are circulating. It's funny that the dark operators, these, these folks that are in this world, this, this illicit world of the dark net where they're buying and selling illicit goods, including malware and stuff like that, are warning each other to, to verify URLs, 
use PGP encryption um, and and watch for phishing links, uh, which is kind of funny. So they're <laughs> practice, practicing good security practices, best practices for security amongst their um, amongst amongst each other. Darkfall also says another tweet: Beware, there are many false narratives and FUD. If you're uncertain in doubt, circulating. We are here uh, and are hard at work. Um, doing anything safely takes time. PGP verified update from Empire Market staff on Dread. So there's a tweet out there. So there's a, a bunch of stuff going on there. Any 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 of these scenarios is possible, including uh, Coyote's possible scenario, right? So they've taken the money and they run, and they're just continuing to tweet to make people calm while they get the heck out of Dodge. They're actually under a DDoS attack, and in this case, they're trying to calm people that know they're coming out the other side. Um, or the government has has snatched them up, and in this case, they're maybe the government agents are saying, "Hey, just keep calm, just do what you're doing, and uh, we'll keep conti continue to grab people's names, um, <laughs> get ready to come come and get you." I don't know. I don't know. Ways time will tell. Just know that um, know this going on. Know, one of the things you should know today. Uh, uh, Empire Market is down. If folks start talking about that today, it is down. We don't know why. We don't know what's going on. Um, we just know there you can't you can't get it to buy your illicit goods right now. Uh, interesting attack is in the news. Uh, this attack's a little interesting. So attackers can use Unicode and HTML to bypass email security tools. Now, first we'll talk about. The different way that some of these tools work so one of the ways the security tool works is signature based it's looking for something and if it sees something it can trigger on that and and throw an alert or block the email or delete it or whatever whatever our protocol is set another way is obviously heuristics where we learn things about a, a system and we learn normal and then anything that's not normal is is suspect um, so we'll talk about the first way, signature-based uh, security programs. They look at something, and one of the ways we'll look at, we'll look for something in phishing, um, and maybe the thing we're looking for is the phrase password expired. And that's kind of where this article is centering around, is, is the signature-based uh, security protections, right? So the article they talk, talks about the, the phrase password expired, and a lot of phishing scams work around, hey, your password's expired, and click on this link to update it or you're not going to have access to the account, right? Um, so there's other terms that are used as well. Some of them come from the manufacturer or the vendor of the product, and some of them are custom built by the organization. Um, I know when I was working for a brokerage house, we used a tool called the Centaur, and it checked all the outcoming, outgoing email messages for phrases like guarantee and, and things like that. Because as a broker, a broker can't guarantee a return on investment. That's against the rules. So one of the things the center would look for is these terms. And those were all set by our organization. So in the same way, these security tools can be tuned and specific phrases can be added that... Um, that are that are searched for. So what they found is 
in this Unicode and HTML attack, um, they can use special Unicode characters. And one of them they talk about is the soft hyphen, uh, also known as a syllable hyphen in typesetting. Um, and according to the article, this is used to render uh, where a safety break, uh, where to safely break a line and insert a visible hyphen. So if, if something changes, we can have these soft breaks and that's where we want the word to be split in two, right? Um, makes sense because we, we shrink something down. Maybe we don't want it split three characters and an eight. Maybe we want it somewhere in the middle where it makes sense. So we put a soft, a soft hyphen in there. Normally it's not visible, but if we ever have to split the word, that's where we want the word split. So it's a non-visible character unless it needs to become visible. Um, so what, what the, the bad guy has done is taking that phrase, change your password, and they put these hyph soft hyphens in between every single character. So C, soft hyphen, H, soft hyphen, A, soft hyphen, on and on and on. So now it's not change your password, it's a longer string, and it's got these soft breaks all the way through, these soft hyphens all the way through. So now, when the scanning tool looks for that signature of the word change your password, or the phrase, change your password, it's not there. This other phrase is there, but it's not there. Um, and obviously we can tune our tool. We can put this in there. We can put C, soft hyphen, H, soft hyphen, all the way through and put that in our signature. But these soft hyphens aren't the only Unicode characters that can be used there. There's a bunch of Unicode characters. And every time we add a new signature, um, although we have faster processing power now, Every time we add a signature, it slows the system down just a little bit because that's another line the program has to look at for every email that's going through, right? So it does add complexity, right? Another one they said is the uh, um, attackers also use the display colon none setting, which is an ele element of CSS or cascading style sheets that lets a browser render text as invisible. The Fisher made an error putting text where they wanted to see uh, within the span element. Um, even though the CSS was written to render spans as hidden, the attacker used the invisible span trick to hide the repeating text text 4008 between the words uh, between the words of the phrase password for user at example.com. Um, so essentially they put this this number string in there and it was supposed to be a hidden span and the number is random so each email will have a different number um, so between the words password for user at example.com and obviously that would be password for john smith at generic email.com um, it would put this invisible span in there of a random character and that way each Email is unique, again, making it harder to zero in on this being a phishing attack. Because now it's not a normal phishing attack where every email is exactly the same. This time it's a phishing attack where each email is unique. Um, so like uh, cross-site scripting or SQL injection? Not necessarily, but I'm glad you brought up cross-site scripting. And, and it... If you guys ever wonder why we use XSS for cross-site scripting is because 
CSS was already in use for cascading style sheet. So when they did cross-site scripting, instead of being CSS and being a collision of terms, they used X for cross-site scripting. Um, so this is, those are, these are really not even, not even that. This is a way that the attacker is crafting email messages to get by spam filters. And, and really, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get by the phishing filters and the spam filters, not necessarily attack a database or knock someone offline, like uh, I think your next uh, statement is for from a like a DDoS, uh, the form of DDN, uh, DDoS, or is that me? Uh, distributed dial of service or distributed uh, domain name service. I'm not sure which. I, I'm thinking you wanted distributed denial of service, but not positive there. Um, so it was really not not that direction, Coyote. This one really is looking at I've got a phishing message that I want to get to as many targets as I can. And I know there's security protections in, in place, and the security protections a lot of times are going to look for a signature uh, in their signature-based scanning. And I know that one of the signatures is people are looking specifically for the term change your password. So to beat that filter, I put these soft hyphens or another type of Unicode character in there. Or I use a CSS cascading style sheets um, frame, uh, a span. So I can put uh, the start of the span. Uh, in this case, um, they're using the display none and then close that span out, and when the email is rendered, CSS knows because, okay, this would have to be, first it would have to be an HTML-based email uh, in the CSS case. And then that hopefully will get past the spam filter because it won't display that that hidden, hidden number. Um, but it'd be there. So the reader, the, the spam filter will read Hey, um, what's the password for forty thousand eight user at example.com is not the same as password for um, ten thousand twenty two at user user at example.com. So it's not seeing them as a pattern of the same exact email going through every time. Yeah, DDoS. Okay, yeah, that's what you're saying. DDoS. Um, yeah, so it's not it's not those two attacks. This is just it's part of a social engineering attack, part of a phishing attack, and we're trying to defeat the email filter. We're trying to get our phishing email through the email filter, and, and this is some of the ways they're doing it. It's, it's it's pretty rudimentary if you think about it. As Unicode characters have been around forever, and there's a lot of them that don't display. There's a lot of not uh, non-displaying characters. Especially if let's say you're you're writing something in in the English alphabet, there's a lot of characters that just don't get displayed if I use them from Unicode because there's a lot of characters from other languages. There's a lot of characters from um, that are just non-display characters like these soft breaks that we can use to try to defeat the filter. Yep, yeah, I'm with you, Katie. DDoS. Um, yes, this was not DDoS. Last one. Last one, the, the dark web could have been certainly DDoS. But this one is just another way that the bad guy's learning. They learn they learn what we're doing to, to protect the network. So they try to find a way to defeat that protection. So this is one way they know. They know that a lot of organizations are using signature-based detection. 
and they know that they can use either Unicode characters or cascading style sheets to try to defeat that. So then we have to build our our defenses up. So we have to go sure, make sure that all of these types of signatures are in our our filters, and then they're going to do something else. So in this example, it's change your password. There's a bunch of other phrases that are filtered for as well. And those could all be modified using these Unicode characters or the CSS. So just know, you know, the, the, the bad guy is not a big dummy, right? The bad guy is not a dummy out there sitting. Um, and we haven't really seen that perception of, of the, 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 the hacker being the, the kid sitting in his parents' basement. That, that old stereotype is pretty much gone. Um, organized crime, nation states um, are running a lot of this stuff. Very organized, very meticulous, um, very good at, especially when you talk about nation states. Uh, we talk about nation states that are launching some of these things like our APT actors. Very meticulous, very methodical because they have a process that's been used for hundreds or thousands of years to wage warfare that's now being modified for the cyber battlefield. So we see the same techniques um, being used that were used in traditional military operations now being used in cyber operations, right? Uh, IPP, Intelligence Preparation of the Battlefield, is one of the things that the military was big on. You know, figure out where your where your your land space is, figure out where where things are, and that's the intelligence and preparation, figure out where all the, the bad guys are. Same thing's going on here. Figure out what the cyber landscape looks like, figure out where, you know, the bad guy in this case, our target defenses are in place, and now let's figure out how we can defeat them. We know that there is a thing that is filtering email. How can we defeat that thing that's filtering email? To get our malicious code through or our phishing email through that hopefully someone will click our link and come visit our malicious site and then our attack moves on uh, that's what this is all about unicode is funny unicode's been around for a while just being used for yet another another purpose right ho ho sen group hope, hopefully i'm saying that right my vietnamese of course is not not very good um, experts at a threat intelligence firm cable came across a post published by Maze ransomware operators claiming that they have breached the steel sheet giant Hosen group. Um, um, Hosen is a sheet, a steel sheet manufacturing owner of a, a group of companies, um, in Vietnam. And they're the leading exporter of steel sheet in Southeast Asia. They're founded in 2001. Um, they have about 7,000 employees. Uh, they have they, the group is 343 different companies, and their annual revenue is about 1.18 billion dollars. Um, so big target, big target for them. Um, according to Mays, they they have. Got there, you know, you know the way Maze works. Maze takes your information off first, and then they encrypt your data, and then they ransom the data, the, the encrypted data. And if you don't pay for the encrypted data, so maybe you've got backups and that kind of stuff, then they'll release the data they've taken. They'll put that onto a public website that they manage and run. Um, 
XSearch Cable analyzed the data leaked in an archive containing about uh, 1.64 gigabytes of files that correspond to about 5% of the overall uh, stolen data um, that May's ransomware has released. Uh, according to the the uh, the the uh, the experts from Cable, I can't remember what they you know these these researchers. Uh, currently, the ransomware operators claim to have published five percent of the company's total data leak. Cable has been reporting these data breaches to a to aware individuals to, to make aware, to aware individuals of the risk associated with using online services services. Um, that's about all. They don't say how much Maze is going for. These these folks are worth over a billion a year. Um, if they have locked up all their data, if they have it all available to be published on a public website, um, they, they're probably asking a, a pretty good chunk of money. A um, million dollars, two million would not be extreme to ask in this case. Um, and we're going to talk about that later, that the amount of uh, money these folks make sometimes. Um, the article, and this one, who is this by? Oh, this is Security Affairs again. They're making our list quite a bit. Um, below are a list of tips provided by cable to prevent ransomware attacks. Never click on unverified or unidentified links. Do not open untrusted email attachments. Only download from sites you trust. Never use unfamiliar USBs. Uh, thumb drives, storage storage devices. Uh, use security software and keep it updated. Back up your data periodically. Isolate the infected systems from the network. Uh, use a mail server content scanning and filtering. We talked about how to get by that just a minute ago. Um, and never pay the ransom. Uh, and sometimes, I think that last one, never pay the ransom is a hard one for companies to do now. If, if they have fully breached an organization, and they have locked up the data, and maybe the organization does have backups, and they're worried about the data being published on a public site. That may drive them to pay the data or pay the ransom, or maybe they don't have good backups. Maybe the backup system they've got isn't working as it should be. It should be, and now they they're not only worried about the data being public posted on a public site, but they can't recover the data either. So it's easy to say don't pay the ransom, and I guess until you're in that position. Um, so yeah, Maze back in Mac back in the news. Maze back in the news. Um, ton of information that looks like they've they've pulled off of these servers for this Hoisen 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 group. Um, yeah. During ordinary monitor of the deep web and the dark web, researchers at Cable came across. A leak disclosure post publishing published by the Maze ransomware operators that claim the hack of the, the, the Hoisan group. Um, bad news for those guys, you know. That's that's you know that's the the place you don't want to be at standing at standing where your your data has been exfiltrated. The data that you have has been encrypted, and you don't have the keys, and now you're facing a, a ransom. What do you do? And I know the, the security researchers because they don't pay it. It it leads to a bad precedent because now the malware operators, these these ransomware operators, are getting the money that they want, and of course they'll continue doing their attacks. So for, as a community, we should never pay the ransomware. 
and then we should never pay the ransom because then the ransomware becomes ineffective because if no one pays the ransom, there's no money in it. But you got to do business too. So it's one of the things every organization is going to have to balance on its own because not only do you have the, maybe you have the best recovery program in place. You've got all your data backed up. It's backed up every five minutes. You have everything you need. But the other side of this is, especially groups like Maze, they'll just post your information online. Is that good? And maybe that's the thing you're more worried about. Obviously, that check the article out in the, the show notes before, uh, before, below. Uh, speaking of dark stuff, um, the dark side, uh, new targeted ransomware demands million-dollar ransoms. Uh, and that's why I say last one and last one. That company's over a billion dollars annually. Uh, asking for multi-million dollar ransoms is not crazy. So this article is from Bleeping Computer. New, a new ransomware named Darkside began attacking organizations earlier this month with customized attacks that have already earned them million dollar payouts. Uh, starting August 10th of 2020, the new ransomware began operation performing targeted attacks against numerous companies. Uh, a press release, you know, yeah, I love how these guys, these guys operate like a business. Uh, this is a press release from the ransomware actors. Um, so in a press release issued by the threat actors, they claim to be former affiliates who had made millions of dollars working with other ransomware operations. Um, we're a new product on the market, but that does not mean we have no experience uh, and we came from nowhere. We've received millions of dollars profit by partnering with other well-known crypto lockers. Uh, we created dark size because dark side because we didn't find the perfect product for us, and now we have it. Um, article states that uh, dark side states uh, they only target companies that can pay the specified ransom, um, as they do not want to. And this is in quotes, kill your business. And that's in the in the ransom they sent out. So essentially they're going to you know, kill your business if you don't pay the ransom. Uh, threat actors have stated that they do not target the following types of organizations. They've got a code of ethics they're following. Uh, they're not going to um, target hospitals, hospices, anything dealing with the medical field, ed education field, uh, schools and universities, uh, nonprofit organizations or the government sector. Um, and the article goes on to say it's too soon to understand if they're going to honor the statement or not. Uh, from the victims seen by bleeping computer, Darkseid's ransom demands range from 200000 to $2 million. Um, and the numbers could be more or less depending on the victim. Um, and it looks like, you know, according to the article, it, the people that have paid the ransom the information has not been published, right? Uh, Darkside states that if a victim does not pay, they will publish all of the data on their website for at least six months. The extortion strategy has been designed to scare a victim into paying the ransom, even if they can recover from backups. If the victim pays the ransom, Darkside states they will remove the stolen data from their leak site. Uh, for victims that have paid the ransom, their data has already been removed from the site. Um, Another thing unique about this one is each attack is custom built. Um, so 
When performing attacks, DarkSide will create customized ransomware, ransomware executable for the specific company they're attacking. Um, when executed, the ransomware will execute a PowerShell command that deletes Shadow Valium copies on the system so they cannot be used to restore. They even turn off different services to make, make the encryption more effective. Um, so uh, Michelle Glipsy, who analyzed the encryption process, told Bleeping Computer that the ransomware utilizes um, the SALAS, the last uh, 20 key to encrypt files. The key is then encrypted with the public RSA 1024, 1024-bit uh, key uh, included in the executable. Each victim will also have a custom extension created using a custom checksum of the victim's MAC address. So these guys are, they're not playing around. Um, and then they get a personalized ransom note, which is nice. Not just a, uh, not just the same old ransomware. Each, each one is custom crafted with love. Um, when analyzing the dark side, it was discovered that there are similar similarities with this and Revil ransomware. Most obviously the ransomware note, which is built from a template, um, matches that. And um, in Bleeping Computer's behavioral dark side, we noticed that it would execute an encoded PowerScript shell, um, PowerShell script, excuse me, when the file is first executed. Um, so yeah, there's new kid on the block. Um, so it looks like dark side when we're at, we're looking at our, our threat attack patterns, right? So these guys do take your, they take your data and then they encrypt your files. And they do it. Uh, the encryption key is very, very strong, and each thing, each, each attack pattern is going to be unique. So you need unique executable, a unique ransom note, and it's going to be tailored specifically for your organization. Um, they're following this code of ethics where they're going to stay away from hospitals, medicine, education, nonprofit, and government sector. We'll see if they stick to that or not. Um, Interesting for sure. Um, what will what will come of that? I guess we'll we'll see more, right? Um, last story of the morning. We talked about this Ponemon report before. Um, I'll dig the they they don't I guess they do have the in the, in the article they've got a link to the study. Um, IBM's Ponemon report came out a month or so ago. Um, the biggest thing from this this story, and it's just a, a takeoff, talking more about the report. A recent survey, 2,300 people from 524 organizations that suffered data breaches uh, is a mixed bag. Um, the cost of the uh, breach report uh, commissioned by IBM reveals that despite apparent decline in the average cost of a data breach from 3.92 million in 2019 to 3.86 million this year, um, and that's all I really want. You know, it's it, it's got some more uh, information in there, and we talked about this in the past. And I'm just bringing this one back up again. I know I noticed a, a trend, and we normally, you know, you and I, we we get together, we talk about these things every morning. And normally, we're front running a lot of the stories. We 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 talk about stories two or three days before a lot of other organizations pick them up. So we're usually ahead of them, like the, you know, this dark side. I'm, I'm assuming tomorrow or the next day, or at least by Friday, other 
news organizations are going to be start talking about the dark side, this new type of ransomware. Um, this is the first time I've seen it, so we talk about it. Um, this story we've seen before. We talked about it when it first came out. Um, you know, this, remember we talked about the you know PII has been worth more than um, other information. Um, it's it's one of those things. You know, this is the the, the article is for your use when you go to work and you have to defend your security budget. Now you'll know, um, just keep in your back pocket always that, you know, these are the costs of individual records should they go missing. Now, should we lose control of the, the records? We know that, you know, average cost per stolen data record was $146. Um, but if it had customer PII, uh, it could go up dramatically all the way up to $175 per, per record depending on what type of data it was, what type of record it was. So we have to arm each other. You know, we, we take care of, you know, stories like, you know, the, the Unicode filtering and the fact that ransomware is out there and to, to, to use defense in depth and have your friends and family and coworkers patch their system, update their systems, use antivirus. Those are all parts of taking care of our friends, our family, um, our coworkers, our organization. That's all part of that. This story is for you to have to protect your security budget, to protect the security projects you have going forward. Um, have the facts available to you. Know that what, on average, breaches cost uh, an organization. So this is a breach in 2020. An average breach is going to cost an organization a little less than $4 million. So when you're fighting to get $8,000 to have something like Nessus, um, just make sure, you know, it may, may or may not help you to know that, hey, if we run Nessus, we can make sure that our systems are patched and updated uh, and don't have specific vulnerabilities or misconfigurations. Um, this $8,000 could help us avoid paying under, you know, $3.86 million as the average breach. Um, obviously, there's only so many times you can pull that card out and use it, but know, know that these things, no breach costs on average, about $4 million each breach. Um, know that an a, a individual record, depending on what it can be, is between $150 and $170 each for each record that's lost in a malicious attack. We need to know these kind of things. We need to have them in our, in our back pocket. So if we need to defend ourselves, defend our budget, defend our organization, defend the tools we're using, we have some facts. And this is it's done by a reputable organization, IBM. Ponemon Report comes out every year. Um, they look. They didn't say exactly what the organizations, but uh, 524 organizations that suffered data breaches. This is what, on average, they paid. Uh, so it's a lot of money. A lot of money going out to these things. So have that. That's for you guys to have in your pocket. Protect yourselves. Know what breaches cost an organization. Uh, know these other other folks are running out there. This. This dark side, if you happen to be in dark side's sites, um, it's pretty effective, pretty efficient. Uh, scary what they do. Your backups will help you recover from it, but your organization may still pay the ransomware just because they don't want that data released on the interwebs. Um, scary thing. 200000 to $2 million is their, their ransom. Other stuff we need to know. So that, that's your rundown of the news of the day. That's where we talk about what's going on, what's the things going on in your world out there, what you need to know about, what 
what will help you out. So the big pile of money is going to go away. Today is the 25th of August. You gotta have, gotta have something to talk about the water cooler. It's it's banana split day. No, not not those guys. Maybe you guys are my age and you remember the banana splits. That was the straight '70s version of of some of the child's kids shows. Um, those guys make me laugh just looking at them. Um, it's 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 crazy to think that that was entertainment when you watch you can watch some of the shows on YouTube. You're like, wow, there was something really wrong going on back then. We're actually talking about this Banana Split Day. It's National Banana Split Day, August 25th. Um, Dairy Queen, obviously, is a big big fan of this national day. There's not, you know, there's not proof that this is a national day. Um, but, of course, we're going to take these holidays. When we can get them, you don't get the day off, um, but you could go by and grab yourself a banana split. Uh, maybe that's for dinner, after dinner. Maybe it's your lunchtime snack. Maybe, uh, maybe you have banana split for breakfast. I don't know. Um, it's not going to be a bad thing. Do know that we have Trivia Night coming up just a couple nights away on the 27th. Uh, trivia Night, get together, it'll be fun time. Uh, four domains, 10 questions each. Um, we're going to run, as always, we are using Socrative or Socrative, but how you want to say it. Trivia Night's free. Come, come out and join us. Uh, you might win a prize. Uh, you might just prove that you've got the security chops to to be head of head of the pack in the security world. It's it's a fun time. I have, we always have a good time. Grab your beverage of choice. Um, and that's what we'll be doing Thursday. We won't be doing any other live broadcast Thursdays, but normally Tuesdays and Thursdays we got live stuff going on. We may just have live stuff going on all the time every night now. I'm just trying to get stuff out things out on the out in the world. So that's where we're at. I hope you guys are doing good. Hopefully, you know, you're doing like Mike and Sierra Bravo say, you're going to go get some today. Um, I'm going to say take care of your friends, your family, your coworkers, your organization. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Um, make sure, you know, if if somebody calls in that, that need for some help, let's help them out. Let's make sure we take care of folks. Uh, small community, you, it's funny, you'll keep running into the same folks over and over again in this community, either virtually or physically, when we get back to that world of physically being around each other. So take care of each other. Um, as always, share with your friends, like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell to be notified when new content comes out because new content's going to come out all the time now. Um, we're pushing stuff out. We got a lot of stuff we want to talk about, a lot of stuff we want to cover, and our summer is almost running over. The summer of fun, we wanted to get all this stuff out and we got a lot of stuff to do yet. So you can see a lot of stuff. So between now and then, uh, join us tonight. We'll talk about processors. Join us tomorrow, 7.30. We'll be talking about Cup of Cyber and the news that's going on. Join us tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, all Eastern Time, for all this fun stuff. So, you guys be careful out there. Give me the big thumbs up if you like the show. Let me know in the comments below what you would or would not like to see. And until uh, then, we'll see you again, I guess, tonight. Uh, if you can't make tonight, we'll see you tomorrow. Be careful out there, and be good to each other.